It is time for another Lawyer Talk Q&A. Steve Palmer here from Lawyer Talk Podcast. Check us out at lawyertalkpodcast.com. Q&A means question and answer. That means we are taking questions and providing answers. Imagine that. If you have a question, in other words, and you submit it at lawyertalkpodcast.com, we will supply an answer right here on the podcast. Boy, how neat is that? Well, I'm doing something. Uh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to disguise what I'm doing here. I am sort of making this question up based, but it's not completely out of whole cloth. I'm making it up based on um, some experiences and some discussions I've had recently with potential clients, and it has to do with choosing a lawyer and and cost of representation in a criminal case. So you would ask, like, am I where do the curves cross? Am I getting what I pay for? Does it make sense to hire the most expensive attorney, or should I just go cheap, or should I go middle of the road? What do I do? Well, this is like like so many questions in the legal profession. It sort of all depends. But let me let me let me sort of break it down this way. I have a very close friend in the professional services industry, and uh, he once made this comment about somebody who was complaining about uh, another professional uh, not not calling him back within you know the same day or not getting back whatever it was. It wasn't and it wasn't an unreasonable lack of communication. It was just like not Johnny on the spot type communication. And you know, my friend the professional just said, look, when when you hire good professionals, and it doesn't mean just like lawyers and and accountants, like not not I'm just not talking white collar professionals. I'm talking like professionals, whether it's uh, a plumber, whether it's a mechanic, whether it's a uh, construction, whatever it would be. When you hire good people, they're busy and they're busy for a reason. They're busy because they're good. So, it, you know, there's there's some logic to this notion that you don't necessarily want the person uh, who ha- isn't busy because they're probably not busy for a reason. Now, that's not always true, though. You know, you could get somebody, uh, an attorney, for instance, at sort of the, the stage in their career where they get to pick and choose, where they get to say, you know what, I don't need the money anymore. Uh, I'm doing this uh, for my own edification, and uh, I'm going to take cases that I like, and only those that I like, and that's going to keep me just busy enough not to uh, watch cartoons all day long uh, or old Matlock reruns. But uh, instead, I can I can just enjoy my year, my last years in in, in my career. Um, or, for instance, you might get somebody who is a young whippersnapper, somebody who is just starting their career that isn't busy yet, but still quite good. Now, that's a rare bird, because in order to get quite good, whatever that means, it usually takes experience. But you might find somebody, you know, a couple years into their career who is willing to put lots and lots and lots of time and energy into a case uh, for the experience of it and to make his or her name. (laughs) I did that, yours truly. That's how I started my career. I would take cases that uh, I would never otherwise get hired on for a, a normal going rate, uh, because I wanted to go get my chops, I wanted to, I wanted to show the world that I could do this job, and I wanted to learn, and I wanted to get the experience. So I was trying murder cases for next to nothing, uh, and working my tail off to do it, uh, because I wanted to have uh, the opportunity to not only help the person I was uh, I was helping, but also to get the experience. And it didn't mean I didn't know what I was doing; it just meant that I didn't have quite the experience yet. Um, but again, that's a rare bird. You know, all too often you have attorneys who are very experienced who still suck. And then you have attorneys who uh, are just starting out and they think that they're good and they, they aren't. So how do you how do you figure it out? Is, is it worth what you pay for? So I would say generally, yes, yes. If you take some steps to vet the attorney uh, and make sure that you're not just hiring uh, on a gut on a flash, because uh, by flash I mean like a fancy website or something like that. You want to get an attorney 
the best one you can afford um, who knows what they're doing. And here's what I mean by that. I, I am doing several court of appeals cases right now where uh, the one I'm going to talk about is not is not around here, so it's not involved anybody local. But the attorney uh, had been practicing for a number of years and did what I will classify as a horrible job. I mean, I'm talking really, really poor um, to the point where below standards of any reasonableness as far as I can tell. And on the face of it, there was a good, uh, you know, a good website, good, everything was there, but uh, just a terrible job. And clearly, uh, the attorney didn't understand the basics of some trial practice stuff, didn't understand the basics of strategy, didn't understand one simple uh, fact that I often tell prospective clients when I, when, I, when I defend them. It's like there are certain cases where you can take, meaning me, the lawyer, the defense can take nothing for granted. We have everything is a dogfight. Every single inch you have to scrap for. And you might think like, what case is that? Well, when it's emotionally charged, when it's politically charged, when when the weight of the government is coming at you uh, with its full force, uh, the Dr. Hussle trial recently might be one of those where everything was a dogfight. And that means that you get no quarter from the enemy. You do not, the state's not going to cut you any slack. If you screw up, they don't care. Um, if you if you think they're just going to give you everything because they should, well, you got to double check it. If you think you've you can just um, gloss over some details. Well, you can't. Now, you might ask, is there any case where you could do that? And the answer is probably not, and, I, and we don't. But let's just say it this way, like anything, like if a mechanic is working on an engine, he knows, uh, if he's done it for long enough, how to do it efficiently. And I know when I'm working on a case how to do it efficiently. I know where to look for the buried treasures. I know where to look for the snakes in the grass. And I can do that rather efficiently. Um, certain cases, though, I, I I dissect every single inch, every millisecond of it, because you just know that you can trust nothing. And this is one of those cases that I'm working on, and the lawyer didn't know that. And even if he did, he didn't do it. And, and there's all sorts of stuff that were missed. So you can have really experienced good lawyers. And I had another one come in and appeal just the other day. The, the trial was lost, and the lawyer told the client afterwards, that's the first time I've ever lost. And, I, and I, you know, my initial thought was, well, that's like – you know, how many boxers can claim an undefeated career or how many UFC fighters can claim an undefeated career? It's, it, it's like if, if, you're, if you haven't lost a trial doing what I do, well, then you're not likely trying very many cases because, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. Now, it doesn't mean you're a bad lawyer if you've lost trials. In fact, it might mean you're a good one um, or at least an experienced one. Um, but, it, it, you know, you just have to, uh, you, you have to understand that the attorney you're talking to must know what they're doing. They must have experience. They must know what they're doing. Or at least they should be able to give you a reasonable plan uh, setting forth how they intend to go about the defense, what experts they're going to hire, what experts they would recommend to hire, rather. Um, you know, do you need an investigation? Uh, when you hear answers like, no, nah, we're just going to use their experts. I don't need an expert. I'll just use theirs. Or when you hear an explanation like, uh, that glosses over your question, maybe. I'm trying to think of a good example, but uh, I, I've heard them all too often uh, where lawyers are blowing off the question and saying, ah, we don't need to worry about that, or let me do my job. And, you know, there's a notion, too, where attorneys tend to, I think everybody, we all humans tend to do this. When you're called on something that you're not doing that you know in your heart of hearts that you probably should be doing, a lot of times there's a reaction of sort of like um, angst or anger, or you come there's aggression coming back over the top, like, how dare you question what I'm doing? I'm the professional. I'm here to tell you. Um, we all have that initial reaction at times, but uh, it, when you when you're talking to an attorney who knows what 
he's doing, the old warhorse, is going to say, you know what, that's a good idea. Let's kick that around for a minute and uh, we'll talk about it. Now, I can't say I do that with every idea because not all ideas are good ideas and some are stupid on their face, but I never tell a client they're stupid for asking a dumb question. It's just not the fact. I, I, I believe in having discussions with clients about their cases and I try to share uh, what I am, what my thinking is on all these decisions so it doesn't feel like there's some magical, mystical thing going on in the background that clients have to take a leap of faith beyond that which they should have to take. And what I mean by that is there's always a leap of faith, and I tell clients all the time, look, you're going to have to trust me at some point. Um, I, I've done this a long time, and I'm trying to instill as much trust as I can, but you know, you, you, have, to, you have to worry about your issues, and that's impossible to do when you're worrying about what you're hiring me to do. You know, It's like you shouldn't have that burden. That You shouldn't have to have that on your shoulders. And if you've got an attorney that you feel like you have that on your shoulders, you may have the wrong lawyer. You may have somebody uh, who's not doing what they need to do. Now, that back to the question, what, like, how much is too much or how much should I pay or do I get what I pay for? Well, yes, in that sense you do. Because if you expect your attorney to do all these things, it takes time and money. If I am spending you know, 30 hours a week defending a case, that means I am not spending 30 hours a week defending other cases. That means that I am not out there hustling uh, to make my living uh, working for somebody else. And that's fine. I don't mind doing that. But I'm very candid about this now. I, I dedicate myself to cases, and I want to be. I have to be paid for that. Uh, because it means I'm not dedicating, dedicating myself to other cases. And uh, so, so many lawyers just take on everything, and it gets spread really thin, and corners get cut. Now, I'm not saying the good mechanic doesn't know how to do things efficiently. I'm, I'm talking about when it goes too far that way. So there's a, I guess maybe to sum it up, there's a balance. I think you do get what you pay for when you, when you hire a, a lawyer. And, you know, it, it makes – I told somebody yesterday – I hate to say this, and I resisted this for a long time, but there is a fi- those who can pay for good legal representation uh, often get an advantage over those that can't. And it's just not, you know, I can't look. I'm not going to say it's fair. It's it's not, um, but that's fact. That's just how it is. And what I mean is, if I have a case privately, and I need a forensic cell phone expert. Um, I am looking at my client saying, I need a forensic cell phone expert, and that's going to cost $3,500 to $5,000, independent of anything you're paying me. I need a DNA expert, and that's going to cost $2,500 to $5,000, independent of what you're paying me. I need a child psychologist to help us dissect the issues in the case, and that's going to cost uh, $3,500 to $5,000 on top of what you're paying me. I need a medical expert, and you know, you guessed it. Five thousand, thirty-five hundred to five thousand dollars on top of what you're paying me. So, like, stack that up, man. You've got almost twenty grand, fifteen, twenty grand in just expert fees. And uh, the case I'm I'm talking about, or I didn't make this up out of whole cloth. Uh, I'm working on a case where all those experts were needed and none were called in the in the defense. Now I'm working on it after the conviction, trying to fix it. And um, they paid the attorney uh, significantly less than that amount. And you can sort of think, well. Uh, how does that work? Well, it doesn't work real well because the attorney didn't even know to tell them they needed those things. But, um, you know, even if they did, they couldn't afford it or maybe they could. Actually, in this case, they could have and inexplicably the lawyer didn't do it. But 
the point is, is that money helps, but it can't just be thrown at the problem. There has to be a calculated plan with the money. I don't care how much money my client has. I've had unlimited budget cases. They're rare, but I've had them. And I still don't just go spend money willy-nilly. You know, we, we make a plan. Um, we, we sketch out the blueprints to build the house, and we build the damn house. And if that means we need a plumber, we get a plumber. If it means we need an electrician, we get an electrician. Foundation guy, we got that too. Engineer to help us with the beams, whatever it would be. Uh, the analogy is the same. That's what we get when we defend the case. But, you know, you don't need, uh, maybe you don't need 10 plumbers. So behind, at some point it becomes redundant and the, the extra money doesn't help. Um, so I, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm rambling. But this is lawyer talk. I ramble here sometimes. Uh, but the question is, uh, does it help? Does it matter? Do you, pay, do you get the, the most expensive lawyer? Well, it's not a bad place to start, but it doesn't mean that you've got the right attorney uh, you want to get the, the best lawyer you can afford uh, within the budget, obviously, and then vet that attorney to make sure uh, you're comfortable with their experience level, you're comfortable with what the plan is, how they're going to build the house for you, uh, you're comfortable with the budget they're proposing on the extras. Uh, and, and I'm here to tell you is that I would never quote a fee that says, I'll just include all the experts in my fee, because now now it's I'm working against or in favor of my own interest and maybe against the clients. Like, oh, I've got X dollars and I've got to cover the experts with this. Hmm. Maybe I don't need the expert. I can just keep that money. You know, I, I and I don't do that. Um, I, I, I lay it out on the table in advance. Like, I can build your house, but I need to hire the plumber. So that's going to cost X dollars on top of what I'm charging you. And if, if your attorney's not comfortable with that conversation, uh, you should push it and maybe have it. And if it doesn't help, then maybe you're in the wrong office. So uh, I hope this helped. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Well, I did the best I could. So do you get what you pay for? It all depends like everything else in the law. But when you get us, you get what you pay for, for sure. And you will know what you're paying for up front. That much I promise. Just like I promised to take your questions here at Lawyer Talk Q&A, all you got to do is submit them to the LawyerTalkPodcast.com website. That's LawyerTalkPodcast.com. And while you're at it, you might as well subscribe. You might as well just say, hey, look, I love what I'm getting here. I love the content. So I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to download each and every week when I hear the roundtable, when I hear the blitz, when I hear the Q&A, when I hear the the breakdowns. I'm going to download and consume it all. Or you could just sign up and act like you consume it all. It helps me either way. Um, and if you really like what you're hearing, uh, pull out that credit card. You know, what's two bucks? What's a what's a buck a month for you uh, to keep the content flowing your way? Uh, become a Patreon. And you can do that right there at the Lawyer Talk podcast website. Also, uh, we appreciate any contribution you might make. Either way, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to keep coming down here every week and, and creating content because I just like to do it. Uh, so with that said, I'm going to wrap it up. This is Lawyer Talk Podcast Q&A, off the record, on the air, at least until now.